you know, you really had so many opportunities to just broaden your worldview and learn about things and be fascinated by the world. That was P. Siegel. I'm Jeff. Welcome to Storied San Francisco, a weekly podcast where San Franciscans from all walks of life share their stories and you get to know your neighbors. In this podcast, P tells us the story of how her Sicilian family ended up in San Francisco. She takes us through her childhood in the marina and outer sunset neighborhoods, talks about leaving the city to go to college in Los Angeles, and her eventual return to San Francisco in the late 70s. Here's P. My father uh, came to uh, America from Sicily um, in 1929. He was on the boat when Wall Street crashed. Oh, I was going to ask if it had anything to do with that. <laughs> uh, he ha- actually had to leave Sicily because he disturbed a uh, midnight mass on Christmas Eve. Uh, because all the poor people had to kneel on the stone floor and the rich people sat in pews. And so, you know, you offend the Catholic Church in Sicily and uh, you got to go. <laughs> is, that what, is that excommunication? Is that what it's called? Uh, I, I don't know matter. if he was ever formally excommunicated. But is that, is that the term or am I just making that? No, it is the term. Because I, I was raised Catholic. I've got all that crap <laughs> in me somewhere. Ah. Mm. Try not to access it, but yeah. anyway. Okay, that's that's quite a leaving story. Yes, so uh, he arrived in, uh, in New York City, and at that time, um, Queens was ent- almost entirely Italian. Um, you know, Italian was spoken more on the streets than English. Um, my mother, who was born there... Um, from immigrant parents, um, never actually learned to speak English until she went to school. So uh, I grew up in a very uh, uh, Italian, conventionally Italian household. Do you speak? Uh, I actually uh, did not learn to speak Italian until maybe 15 years ago. And the reason was because there was so much um, anti-Italian sentiment when my father came to the United States that he said, you're going to be an American. However, um, my grandmother, with whom I shared a room for the first 17 years of my life, <laughs> uh, never learned to speak English. She spoke only Sicilian. Your mom, born in New- where in New York? In Queens. Oh, she was also born in Queens. Okay. Mm-hmm. So um, when my father got off the boat, he immediately headed for the Italian community. He didn't speak English, <laughs> you know. So uh, my grandfather owned a bar, and my father went to the bar, and my mother was a barmaid. <laughs> so uh, they knew each other for many years before he, he actually um, asked her to marry him. Uh, he actually had a sister in Los Angeles whose husband worked for the um, film industry 
And so, uh, you know, the Italian community being very close-knit everywhere, (laughs) uh, you know, he asked if there was any work for him in the film industry. And because um, by then he spoke English and he was a college graduate, so he got a job as a foreign language film dubber. And he actually, you know, would look at the way people were speaking in an American film, um, replicate the um, dialogue in Italian with something that actually synced with the lip movements um, of the actors, and um, and then trained the actors who would do the Italian language version of the dialogue. So we're talking dubbing. Yes, not... dubbing. Okay. Yeah. Or is this, would this have been the 30s, 40s? 40s. 40s, okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he went to L.A. first. He went to L.A. first. Okay. But um, he was a uh, he was a, a, a deeply committed bohemian before he got married. <laughs> and his carousing pals in L.A. in the film industry decided to drive to San Francisco one weekend for fun. And uh, when he uh, he arrived at dawn on a Saturday morning and saw the Golden Gate Bridge, and he said, that's it, I want to live here. And so um, he moved here. Do you know what year that was? Uh, that would have been um, 46, 47? Just after the war. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he wrote to my mom and asked her to come to California and marry him. So uh, they spent their honeymoon uh, in a hotel at 200 Columbus Avenue. I love it. And that's where I was conceived. Oh, there you go. (laughs) In the bay window overlooking or looking across the intersection at um, uh, Zoetrope. Studios. Okay. Wow. <laughs> and of course, a few years later, um, uh, City Lights would open mm-hmm. on that block. So you yeah. grew up in North Beach, born in and, where, or sorry, were you actually born, like, were you born at a hospital or? Yes, I was born nine blocks away from here <laughs> at St. Mary's. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I did live, um, and, and actually, um, not too long after uh, I was born, uh, my parents moved to the marina, which was also all Italian mm-hmm. at that time, until, I would say until the 70s, Wow. Uh, North Beach um, was extended into the marina. Hmm. So did you grow up more in the marina? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, <laughs> for one thing... Um, Italians have a real penchant for being near the water. (laughs) You know, it's, I don't know, it's a cultural thing. Um, But, you know, my parents loved the fact that they could walk two blocks to the bay. Mm -hmm. Sure. And, uh, you know, if you lived in North Beach proper, I mean, in the near the commercial district, um, you know, it was a walk to the bay. (laughs) Too far. You could see it. Six blocks is way too far. Um, so, how was that growing up in the marina? Uh, not how was it? But what you didn't have anything to compare it to, obviously. But but what was it? What was it like now, looking back? 
Well, um, you know, once again, back in those days in San Francisco, people knew their neighbors. Um, you know, there there would be uh, two houses that adjoined in the front on the, at the street. And when you moved back towards um, the backyards, there was an opening where there were windows looking out over the, um, you know, the uh, little alleyways going back uh, towards the yards. And on uh, summer nights, you'd have your windows open and your neighbors were sitting at the, their kitchen table across across the little opening, also having dinner. <laughs> and we had uh, uh, little clotheslines that ran back and forth and a basket hanging from them so that we could send our neighbors, you know, some particularly wonderful dish from our dinner. That's amazing. Yeah, it was amazing. Like teleportation. Yeah. (laughs) You know, when we'd have, like, you know, uh, inter-household conversations Mm -hmm. over dinner. (laughs) Yeah. So cool. It was. It was. And, um... Were there were there a lot of kids your age? Did you have a lot of friends in the neighborhood? There were a lot of kids. I mean, you know, back in those days, every Italian family had kids. You know? Yeah. There were lots of us. And, uh, you know, we all played in the streets and, you know, nobody was worried about us. <laughs> yeah. No helmets, no pads. No. <laughs> no. Yeah. No. Did you stay there in that living in that neighborhood through schooling and, and like high school and, and whatnot. And what schools did you go to? I went to uh, Winfield Scott Elementary and uh, I went to then my family moved out to the avenues because they finally bought a house. And I went to Hoover there and then I went to Lowell. Okay. Where in the avenues? 16th and Quintera. Oh, wow. Yeah. Outer sunset. <laughs> yeah. When I grew up in the North Beach community, uh, although we lived in the marina, which was also all Italian, I went with my father every Saturday to Cafe Trieste. Uh, and, you know, he would sit with his um, Italian um, middle class friends in their, you know, silk suits and fedoras and silk pocket handkerchiefs. And speak Italian, and I would stare at the people across the room, the scruffy, long-haired, poetry, shouting, <laughs> people who would become my friends many years later. I'm, I'm always particularly interested in people's teenage years, because I feel like those are fairly the formative. And <laughs> the worst and the best. I mean, it's when you're really starting to, like at least think that you know stuff <laughs> and you know starting to dream and starting to get out and figure stuff out learn the hard way uh-huh. is that the case for you do you think uh you know i i had my adolescence was terrible because um i was under house arrest <laughs> um you know my father grew up in sicily <clears throat> and so he would never let me out of his sight I always had to have an adult with me if I left the house. Okay. And uh, when I went to Sicily as an adult, 
and got harassed, you know, every quarter block by somebody, I, I thought, oh my God, this is what my father thought life was like. And so <clears throat> I forgave him for, um, you know, keeping me under house arrest until I was 17. And the only thing that actually enabled me to get away was the fact that I had so much time to do homework that um, I got lots of scholarships. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Did you like school or was it? Oh, I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. You know, I've always been an avid reader. Um. And uh, I would say that the um, system of education when I was growing up was just of higher quality. You know, for example, you learned critical thinking early on, you know. Uh, So learning to think for yourself. Yes, yes. And uh, it wasn't just, you know, being able to pass standardized tests it was you know like how how well can you think you know how can you you know what ideas can you come up with um so so, but also i had wonderful i had a wonderful uh batch of teachers growing up yeah so was there anything in high school that you particularly excelled at or or liked favored Well, I I had this wonderful English instructor, and she's probably the one person that convinced me that I should try to be a writer. <laughs> um, her name was Ann Wallach, um, and uh, she taught uh, you know advanced placement English. <clears throat> uh, and I, I learned more from her than I learned from any of the writing instructors I would have in college. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so um, that seriously helped with the um, <laughs> getting the scholarships thing. Yeah. So did you leave to go to college? You said you mentioned college. Yes. Okay, you left San Francisco. I left San Francisco. I didn't want to. Because when I was growing up here, San Francisco was the most amazing place. I mean, you had you had the beat, beat poets in North Beach, and you had uh, the music scene in the Haight-Ashbury, and the music scene in um, uh, the Mission, and uh, there were the, um, you know, the great... Uh, um, uh, painters at the Art Institute, painters and sculptors at the Art Institute. Uh, it was just, you know, a wonderful cultural experience. Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, the museums were all free. Um, the uh, uh, the aquarium and the Hall of Sciences and all these things in the park were free. <laughs> the tea garden was free. You know, so, um, you know, you really had so many opportunities to just broaden your worldview and learn about things and be fascinated by the world (laughs) without leaving. So it was hard to leave San Francisco. And I've heard people say 
getting places like that that that's one of the biggest changes is that getting anywhere any anymore takes forever and it can be frustrating and sometimes expensive i but I, so my impression then is that on the flip side that is that it used to be a little easier to get around a little maybe faster or more relaxing less less annoying less less frustrating almost all the muni buses ran every three minutes mind blown i know like it's yeah i know so um <clears throat> i mean although some of the outlying routes like the um the 39 coit that went to the top of coit tower you know never ran that often <laughs> but you know that's setting a trend for the rest of muni for later right. so did you ride muni a lot as a kid like buses streetcars absolutely yeah mm-hmm I don't think my family didn't even have a car until oh, I was about twelve or thirteen when they finally got a car. Wow! <laughs> Living in the avenues, right where it's more like more like America, bigger streets, yeah, all that stuff. Probably fewer buses. Yeah. So you left. So you went to college, even though you didn't want to leave. Well, I mean, you know, when you live in um, a household where you're not allowed out without an adult, and you, um, you know, you've won, uh, you know, a lot of scholarships, and you've been accepted to just about any school you want to go to, well, (laughs) it gave me the opportunity to leave home. And also, my father wouldn't let me have a job, because he said... If you have money, you have independence. He he said other things to me like, uh, um, until you get married, you're under my thumb. When you get married, you're under your husband's thumb. (laughs) (laughs) So just, yay, life under thumbs. I can't wait. Mm, Yeah. Okay. But um, so so where did you go? I went to UCLA um, and... You know, after I got out of uh, Lowell and was thinking about a writing career, I wondered, well, you know, what kind of writing? And perhaps in some way influenced by my father's history in the film industry, I thought, wow, you know, being a screenwriter uh, is a good way to go because... uh, you know, like fewer and fewer people read books, but everybody loves movies. So if you want to, you know, get messages across, maybe the film industry is the best kind of writing. So, um, <clears throat> so I went to Hollywood, uh, you know, to try my luck after graduation. And I realized that, you know, the screenwriter is... Um, you know, is, is a part of the whole of um, of uh, creating a film, but in fact, the the final film usually shows absolutely no similarity to the screenplay. Right. <laughs> so that was one of the you know first times I um, realized that I had chosen the wrong career. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> <laughs> I've done that repeatedly my whole life. And then uh, a couple of things happened. I turned down a job with Mel Brooks. 
Was he already a, a known entity or at the time? Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said at the time, I said, I can't do it. I'm leaving for Europe in three days. And he yeah. said, uh, okay, well, ne- I'll call you next time. But he didn't. Oh. You know, so, and, I, you know, who, who knew, who knew at, at that young age that some opportunities only come along once in a lifetime and you grab them when they come? <laughs> well, I didn't. So. Did you go to Europe? I did go to Europe. Uh, like to live or? No, I uh, I went, uh, I, I had been arranging a trip uh, to see friends that I knew, um, you know, through various things in L.A., people who had come and stayed with me in L.A. And also I wanted to meet my family in Sicily. I'd never met any of them. Um, although after I went to visit them, one of my aunts did come to the... Two of, two of my aunts and uncles came uh, to visit here. But... Uh, it was, it was such an amazing experience, and I'd never been to Europe, and okay, I'd spent well, a year planning it. <laughs> sure. So, let's talk about moving back. Um, unless there's anything else important from your time away, you think? Uh, well, it's all in my memoirs. <laughs> okay, so yeah, everyone go read P's memoir. Yes. Um, okay, so you came back. When, when was this, and what was? Or was the condition that your father passed away? Yes. Um, And, you know, because uh, I grew up in this extremely traditional, old-fashioned household, my mother had never written a check. She had never paid a bill. Uh, She had no idea about, uh, you know, all the practical aspects of living without a husband. And so, um, you know, I wanted to come back and make sure that everything was okay with her. Um, And I I lived at at the house that they bought in Marin um, for uh, about a year. That was P. Siegel. Check back Thursday to hear P's story of opening Cafe Proust and her current work getting affordable housing for artists in the city. Music for Storied San Francisco is by Otis MacDonald. Film photography is by Michelle Kilfenner. The show is hosted and produced by me, Jeff Hunt. Our website is storiedsf.com, where you can browse more than 100 episodes, check out all of our live events, and visit our store. Please follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and subscribe to the show on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. If that's Apple Podcasts or iTunes, please do us a favor and rate and review what we do. And if you have any feedback for us or suggested guests, our email is storiedsf at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>